say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you knew you were enough, what would your life look like? What would love look like? This is the Enough Factor Broadcast, where we're redefining what makes you enough in life and in love. Now here's your host, Suzette Birnoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my Enough Factor podcast. I'm your life coach and relationship solutionist, Suzette Birnon, helping you to redefine what makes you enough in life and in love on your own terms. This podcast, as its name suggests, is about your enough factor. And each week, I and my guests endeavor to amplify three critical factors of enoughness, your voice, your value, and your vision so you can bring your authentic self into your relationships and experience love and life in a brand new way. Now, as much as I'm known to give advice, solicited or not, I wouldn't be as effective without this platform. And you, my loyal enough warriors who tune in every week and send me texts and direct messages about how much the episodes resonate with you. Now, If you're new, what you'll experience here is what my listeners tell me keeps them coming. They love the honesty and the depth and how my podcast fill in the blanks for them in ways that listening to a relationship video can't or even talking to their therapist doesn't. I do it because I know what it's like to get a piece of information here and a piece there and try to put it together only to find out that I don't know what I don't know. That's why with my podcast and my coaching solutions, I don't just tell you how, but I tell you the why behind the how and help you to connect it in a way that is meaningful for you. That I found is the only way that it'll stick. That's also why 
Over the next several weeks, I'm talking with men and women who, like me, found love later in life and aren't too proud to share with you not only what it took to find love, but how they are being challenged to do love differently this time. In fact, today's episode, part of my Finding Love Later in Life series, is being brought to you by my three-month coaching program, Doing Love Differently. And it focuses on ending the cycle of self-betrayal, mistrust, and attracting Mr. Wrongs. If the way you're doing love ain't working, then hey, it's time to do love differently. To find out more about it, go to SuzetteSolutions.com forward slash our programs. Check it out. Now, without further delay, today's episode. We have a wonderful episode for you today. I have the great pleasure of talking to my friend and fellow relationship coach, Trina Bryant. She is a truth teller, and I love truth tellers. But a little bit more about Trina. She's the owner of Aloma Solutions, a self-care, self-love company with a focus on relationships. As an intuitive love and life coach, she is dedicated to empowering and transforming the way we love ourselves to a higher level. She believes when we love ourselves more, we can love others better. She has taught self-love in the corporate and personal arenas, and she is a member of the Federal Coaching Network, where she's called on to coach federal employees from leadership to staff on all levels. So join me in giving an Enough Factor podcast welcome to none other than Trina Bryant. Hi, Trina. Hi. You know what? You need to read that again. (laughs) I felt good when I was saying it. I'm like, this girl is all of that. And I'm so glad that you said yes. Thank you so much. No, thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. I truly, truly respect your message. So it was, it's an honor to be oh. here and talking to you. <laughs> so we're going to go into some self-love. And we both are in relationships too later in life. Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself together? <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's funny because because I always thought I was an extrovert, right? I always thought I was a person who had to be out there and, you know, doing something, doing something. But what I have found is I am okay. <laughs> I am actually okay being with my family. Um, yes. And it's funny because my hubby, we're, we're newly married. We haven't been married for a year yet. Right after we came back from honeymoon, all of this stuff started. So it was like, oh, okay. Now we're really getting ready to get the test. Yes, that's right. I forgot. Y'all are newly, newly weds. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we were really getting ready to get the test. So, okay, can you really, you know, how is it? But, you know, um, he is a, you know, devout uh, introvert. So <laughs> as long as he has a backyard and projects to do, he is fine. And what I found is in later in life, what I, what I really appreciate is there's not that I'm not saying every young person has it, but you know how sometimes there's a really needy thing that happens when you 
uh, uh, younger in a relationship, and I know older people experience it as well, but for some reason they seem to taper down a little bit as you get older. We don't need that 24-7, I got to touch you thing going on. Exactly. Uh, to realize that love exists. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's almost like we don't need to be all on top of each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. To know exactly. that we re- we really do love each other, but yeah, we don't need to prove that to ourselves with all of that extra. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> it can get a little tiring at our age. We were, we were laughing yes. and talking about our age, right? Right. It's like, oh, girl, it's before I came on here with you, my husband had to bring the fan in. Because I just was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm having a hot flash. And I was describing it to him. I said, it feels like somebody poured water on my fro and it's coming down <laughs> oh my, my face. So he hurried up and got the fan. So I got two fans uh-huh. over me right now. So girl, it's all it's all in there. Yes, yes. I'm just so glad that I married someone that doesn't mm-hmm. need a lot of extra stuff. Right, right. Because I'm at an age, as I'm sure you can testify, I'm not an age. I'm at an age where I don't have all that extra stuff to give. We have too many other things to do, so that is a good thing. That, that's a that's a, a, a bonus of being in relationships uh, older. Yes. <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should say mature. That's it. I'm like we having a grown, a grown up relationship. There you go. There you go. Grown up one, not the fantasy one in our heads in our twenties and thirties, possibly in our forties. That might have died in our fifth. Well, in my fifties and now resurrected. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real shown up grown up one. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And I'm actually finding it actually more fulfilling than the the fantasy. You know, it really is because it's life. You know, in the fantasy, you have to always live up to this perfection type thing. But in real life, when it's, it's going smoothly and you got things in hand, it's like, okay, we can do this, you know. We can do this even through pandemic, you know. So it, it's a little bit different. I, I agree. I think the real life, when you, when you got it together, is so much better than the fantasy. It is. Well, Trina, because we didn't trade questions or anything before we came on, I'm going to engage you in a little game. Okay. I call it truth and dare. Uh A little different from truth or dare because you get the pick. But in this one, now you got to answer both questions. (laughs) I am ready. So you're ready. Okay, here it goes. With the emphasis on Mm self-love. What is a truth that self-love required you to see and dare you to take radical action about? Ooh, we let's see. Oh, Girl, we God. going deep already. Oh, yes, we are. And I'm let me, I'm trying to think about what was it that I was forced to see? Control. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I did not realize. How much I needed to be in control now. And let me tell you how this came to be. Okay. <laughs> um, I was married before for 23 years. And I got married when I was 21, 22 years old. So I didn't grow, you know, I grew up inside of being married. And then when I got divorced, it was like, okay, I found me, right? And every decision that I made because I was single came from me. Everything that I did came from me. And so I had control of things that I didn't realize until I got into this relationship that, okay, it's 
I'm going to have to let go. Now, some stuff I was happy to let go of and some stuff I didn't even realize it was a control thing. But what it has made me see is that um, when you get into this whole self-care thing, you start, um, you know, actually sharing your life with someone else or whether you do or you don't, sometimes self-care is about letting go, letting go of all of that control to give yourself the opportunity to breathe, to give yourself an opportunity to reflect. And so I think that would be my <laughs> reflection moment was the releasing control. Oh, that's one I'm sure all of our listeners probably did like I did, like <laughs> that one. And, you know, because I, we like, like I said, we both got married later in life, found out forever loves later in life. And you don't realize how how much you have veered away from having the capacity mm-hmm. or even the thought of somebody else. Your children mm-hmm. are one thing, but you can kind of tell them what to right, do. Right, right. You overrule. You overrule yeah, in that. You, you can't do that with your husbands. It doesn't go over very well. We wouldn't oh. recommend. We wouldn't recommend that you try to <laughs> tell me what that. to do. <laughs> Don't do that. But uh, one of my one of my big uh, uh, takeaways, especially during the sheltering together, because my husband works from home one week, then works from the office the next week, then back home mm. office. I had to come to grips with the very same thing mm. because I was used to having the whole house to myself, mm-hmm. and so now having to kind of share this co-working space and navigate our ways of being and like one of the things I tell my husband he always says of course I'm like that's a man thing is that men never ask permission they just do what they do (laughs) right right? and he's like well of course and I'm just like you know when I grow up I'm gonna be just like you (laughs) (laughs) right but they do they don't they just kind of like they're here they, they, they don't they don't get that we sacrifice a whole lot more. Now I'm not saying that we're not the fault of that. Right. But as women, we sacrifice a whole lot more uh, simply because of uh, tradition, uh, culture, or just because of just the way that we are kind of made up. And when I say we, I'm talking about for the most part. I'm not speaking for everybody, but for the most part, we do sacrifice a lot. Include, like you say, men just go. They don't ask for permission. Yeah. And for us, for some reason, it's like, you know, we have that desire to have that opportunity to give permission. So we feel like we have to ask it in return. And whether we get it or not, it's there. That need to, you know, to make sure that everybody is okay, which means mm-hmm. sometimes asking for permission. And we and we do it, you know, without you. I think of, so for example, when I think about my kids, and I used to try to explain this before, when I think of my kids, when you're married and you have kids, um, automatically, um, we as women, for the most part, we're going to take on that primary role of if they get sick, if they wake up in the middle of the night, if they need to this, if they need that. We take on that primary role just by default, for the most part. I'm not saying everybody does. Well, when it comes down or say, um, the way we dress, we're gonna. I, it, it's kind of crazy because I, I can't. I don't know if I can really put it in words from what I'm trying to say. But we have a tendency to request permission for a lot of stuff, or take on the sacrifice of just doing the, you know, being the first line of defense in something. Yeah, I, do you think it's that nurturing thing kind of gone yeah. rogue? 
it's, clear. It's nurturing. Yeah, because it's all it's 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 nurturing without boundaries. Right. Absolutely. And, and for a lot of us, we saw our mothers or significant people in mm-hmm. our lives really basically put themselves on the line mm-hmm. for other people and people glorified it. Mm. And I wonder if the evolution for us is learning to nurture with boundaries and that boundary being self-care. So how do you know when you are moving from self-care into people pleasing? Because it sounds like that's what we kind of teetering on. Right, right. Um, When I'm doing that, I I normally find that uh, I am responding differently internally. Uh, When I'm doing self-care, it feels right. I don't have any type of conflict or any type of tension inside of me. It feels right. But when I'm doing something just to please somebody else or just to, you know, to do it because it, I am supposed to do it, there's a little bit of tension in there. There's a little bit of resistance because it feels like, you know, just like what it is, I'm trying to please somebody instead of doing what I feel uh, is, is for me, is the best for me. So I don't know I, um, how I recognize it. Um, uh, my temper is a little shorter. My patience is a lot shorter. Um, it's not that it's not that hundred percent that you get when you know you're doing it for the right reason, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that pleasing people is not a right reason, but when you go to that limit and you kind of um, take away from you, it don't feel it don't feel a hundred percent. It don't feel hundred percent good It it doesn't. And I think even though I'm so happy, I think you know. I am woman, hear me roar. Uh, I love all that. I love being a strong, powerful woman with all of that. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes wonder that because we have entered into a world that has for so long been male dominated, mm-hmm. if part of the reason why we do leave self-care and go into people pleasing is because we feel like we have to prove we deserve to be there and prove that we are competent enough that a man would listen mm. and take us seriously. And I know the world is changing because right. more women are running companies and so forth. But sometimes if that's been the way you have been sired, then even when you enter into your relationship, it's still that push pull with your with your spouse. Sometimes you got to kind of go through all those little check marks within your head right. to give yourself permission to take care of yourself first if it's if it's something that you've not done in other areas of your life. Right. Are you finding that with a lot of your clients or I think it's more routine. I think people mm. don't realize it. I don't think people realize that they're doing it until the discussion happens, which is really uh and when you speak to my clients, it's really kind of hard because what I do when it comes down to self-love, everybody feel like they love themselves, you know. Everybody, I mean, I'm sure if you ask everybody on the world, you know, <laughs> the journey, they're going to say, I love myself. But uh, it's not until you ask the questions that they realize, hey, you know, that has been such a routine for such a long time. I didn't even realize I was doing that. <laughs> and so that reflection of self-love is a little bit different when you really look deep down inside of it. So, yeah, when it, when it comes down to um, my clients, as far as, you know, it's kind of tricky. Like I say, I have to, first of all, get them to the point of realizing that something is so, you know, so a part of you that you don't even realize it until you realize it. You know, we do things uh, from our, that we've learned from our childhood, that we heard from our childhood. 
And we don't realize that we're doing it because it's been such a part of our story for such a long time. It's just what we say. You hear, you hear people say, that's just how she is, or that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that every single thing that we do, we have a choice. Mm-hmm. But uh, because it's routine, we just feel like we, we're not paying attention to it. It's just, yeah. that's just what it is. I, I, I totally get it. I know one of the biggest things that sometimes I hear when you talk about self-care People are like, oh, like you said, I love myself. I love myself, girl. I take myself out. I get my hair done when I want to. And all of that is a form of care. But can you talk to us about the depth of self-care that a lot of times people don't don't really get? They miss that part because they kind of think, well, I am. I take care of myself. I buy what I want to buy when I want to buy it. I take myself out. You know, I've traveled exotic places. I do this. I do that. But the self-care we're talking about is a little deeper than that, right? It is a, it's a lot deeper. I mean, you know, getting your nails on, get your pedicure is always nice. It's good. <clears throat> but when you talk about true self-care and true self-love, um, the way I like to put it is when I try to explain the difference is, imagine how you feel about your child or your sister or your mom or somebody who you say you love. Uh, when we get in front of the mirror and we say, oh, my God. What is wrong? We would never say that to anybody we love. You know, or if we say, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that because I ain't that good. We, know. we would never say that to somebody we love. Uh, when somebody tell our child or our sister, our mom, uh, <clears throat> ask them to do something that we know they don't want to do, we tell them not to do it. But for us, we'll say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So it's much deeper than just, you know, having pretty nails or having, you know, nice feet. It's a lot about what's internal. It's about the way you feel about yourself. It actually have you have some type of cognizance of, of what is going on. It's not just, you know, um, like I say, it becomes such a routine. We don't even realize that we're doing it. If you stand in front of that mirror and it's not all about the goodness that you would give to your daughter, sister, mother, friend, or whoever, and you're talking down to yourself, is that self-love? Is that self-care? So it goes a lot, a lot deeper than just our external we have to talk about what's internal and what we stand for ourselves out loud or in our you know internally what we're saying i totally agree because i i am a recovering people pleaser i think i've said that (laughs) uh i really am and there are days that i feel like oh i'm free hallelujah you know i have done people pleasing is a thing of the past then the other times that i'm like oh hmm she kind of slipped on in there on me. And one of the things that I have found, and and I know a lot of the people who are listening, they're either in relationships, they want to be in one in a relationship. They're in a situationship entanglement. It's complicated, (laughs) kind of one of those text buddies. Yes. (laughs) I call it text buddy relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, or they are like we are actually in a committed long term all things knocking on wood all things equal till death us do part we don't want an out from this right, right. Um, and one of the things that I, I had to learn um, and the people pleaser came out even though my <coughs> husband has never required it he's one of the easiest guys to get along with that I've ever known in my whole 60 years on this planet right honestly that I can remember right so 
So I mm-hmm. thank God for choosing him for me right. and helping me to, to not be stupid enough to let to, to let that get away. Right. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But um, I still have to deal with people pleasing that is is ingrained when it comes to what we think, how we think we should be in a long term marital relationship. I find myself sometimes having to stop. And it's not so much that I do it directly. Right. It's the guilt you feel from not doing it. Like if I feel like, cause we had this discussion, I used to cook all the time when right. my son was younger, nutritious meals, that kind of thing in that phase of life. I cooked all the time. Mm-hmm. Now that he grown, married, got children of his own, cooking is not a big thing for me. Right. But I, I have to admit because that was such a foundational yeah. thing yeah. that I sometimes feel myself checking in with my husband because he does more cooking than I do. And I feel guilty. (laughs) Oh my God, I feel guilty because it's like, oh, baby, I don't want you to feel like I expect this. Right. Isn't that something? You know, and he doesn't. We would feel that. We would feel that. But when we do it, we don't, it's not associated with that. You know what I'm saying? And that's when I find out these little people pleasing things that are so ingrained yeah. that it took me being in a relationship with somebody for for it to come to the forefront. Yeah. Because you know, when you're single, you can eat out of a paper bag for a month and not feel nothing. Exactly. But then you've got somebody else here whose values mm-hmm. are a little different. And he's used to he, he's used to having a home-cooked meal that he'll cook himself, you know? And so I was a little bit like there was every now and then I feel a little bit of guilt. If, if he's cooked like all week long, right? I feel kind of bad. I feel like, okay, Susan, you know, you ought to go down there and cook something. Right. You know, go boil, boil water or something. <laughs> Act like you care, you know, <laughs> do something. And then I have to realize where it's coming from. It's not right. anything that he's ever required. And I've watched him. When he doesn't feel like it, he doesn't do it. 
Right. Exactly. I mean, really. Right. You know, but then there's this part of me inside us that doesn't want to believe that he's okay with it. Right. You know, I, I totally get. I totally get that. And I and I was I was saying that's another bonus of late life because uh, I don't know what it is, but um, uh, uh, my husband likes to cook too. He cook. He probably cooks more than me when it comes down to like the main meal. Um, and I would be that. You know, I would be that person. You're like, okay. Don't think I don't want to cook you anything. If you want something, just say what you want. I, you know, I take care of whatever it is. I'm cooking or go get it, whatever. And I do that. And like he said, he don't require that from me. You know, that's not a requirement. But it's like I feel guilty if I don't at least say it. If I don't at least offer it, you know. And it'd be like, oh, no, I got it. And oftentimes, you know, I'm sitting upstairs somewhere. He will actually bring me stuff. And I'm here like, <laughs> you I see what I'm and even when he says it as a mind, there's that part of me that goes into this hypersensitivity thing. Right. So that if he sighs in any way, makes any reaction. Why are you looking at me like that? Then, then the inside of me is saying, see, you knew uh-huh. he didn't like it. You knew he didn't like it. And it doesn't have a doggone thing to do Not with a it. thing to do with it. And then the other thing is you would think that that was because I saw my mom do it. But mm-hmm. the truth is my dad cooked breakfast for us every single morning and he never relied on mama to cook so i don't know where this came from is it cultural society are we just listening to people you know a lot of stuff kind of squeeze into the cracks without us knowing because i remember my dad cooking he was one of those people who found stuff (laughs) but we we had new discoveries when he cooked but he enjoyed it. He is, you know, I'm from Georgia, you know, I'm in Maryland now, but I was born and raised in Georgia. He would get those. I think the weirdest thing I remember him seeing is this big cow tongue or something. Girl, they went, to the, they went to the same school. Yes. I, I opened a refrigerator one day and saw a hog's head and thought yes. I was going to die. <laughs> yes. It was in a plate. And I was like, <laughs> it was a hog's head. Damn, right. back at me. They must have gone to the same They went school. to the same school, trust me. And he would enjoy doing stuff like that. We like I said, we have like experimental plate type things, you know. But um, it wasn't like it was always up to mom to do it. I think it's I don't know. I think what happens is we're so attached to our TVs, to social media, to you know, all this other stuff that we see that uh we've been kind of taught. This is what it's supposed to be, which is a big problem. You know, we always fall into what people say it's supposed to be, and we don't realize. You know, a lot of people have, I don't know, I'm sure you heard about the Will and the Jada and all the entanglement stuff. Oh, yeah, that's why that word has become very popular. (laughs) Everybody is so busy saying what it's supposed to be, but they're actually living their marriage the way that works for them. And I think that when we get to that point where we work on our relationships according to what we want instead of what they say it's supposed to be and whoever they are, you know, I think things will be so much smoother for so many different people. I think so, too. And I I, I think my because I watched it. And the mm-hmm. only thing about it that I was concerned about was I felt like there was still some tension around it. I right. didn't feel like. I don't know whether it coming up after four and a half years brought right. some other things to the forefront. Right. But it, I found myself the whole time going, uh, you, say, to her, say it, say it, say it. Right. I felt like she was kind of holding back a little bit. 
Right. So that might have just been me because no, I, I think it's a lot of other stuff, a lot of undercurrent stuff that going on. But, you know, but, you know, that is the way that they've chosen to run their relationship. Uh, she was here. If, if you're talking about what I what I caught was he was still feeling some type of way about it. And she was feeling like whatever you did, you know, you did some stuff, too. And they were both kind of like, OK, you know, we agreed to this, but we still got some emotions tied up in it. And it will always be that. But when yeah. you have decided that this is what it's going to be, you know, and you live by those rules or, or that you set, it, you know, it, it works for them. I guess they're still, they're still there. So I'm assuming they're still working for yeah. them. Yeah, they said bad marriage for life. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think, too, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I did not think about, uh, is that regardless to whether it was right or wrong, true, you know, they were bringing us the full thing or there was still some discomfort. Mm -hmm. I think, and you can tell me if you think it's the same thing. I think a mark of healthy, if I should say that, is that you give the, uh, you've been with that person or you have resolved trust enough mm -hmm. that you're willing to give them room to discover. Right. It's like we both have gotten through that that whole situation. Mm -hmm. And even if she's not at a point where she's ready to call a thing a thing. Right. It seems that there's capacity in him to say, OK, but there's enough love there. I'll right. give you room until you right. come to it. Exactly. Did you get that? I kind of yes. got that feeling. And some people criticize that. And I'm thinking, well, it's I can understand that. But when you are in a relationship. Yeah. When you're in a relationship, you have to realize that people are people. People grow. And I can try to force somebody to be or say something. But until they get to that point, you're basically wasting time. And I think their communication is so freaking strong that they're able to talk about whatever it is they need to talk about. Even when she was saying entanglement, he was like entanglement. <laughs> so for the people in the back, what does that mean? <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it, he even said it like, you know, call it what it was. Call yeah, because you know, people don't know what you're saying. What you said. Right. You know, and she was like, an entanglement. <laughs> right, and he's like, it's like, okay. But, but like you said, he did seem to be able to give her that space to say, okay, until you're a little bit more comfortable with it, he knows his wife. Until yeah. you're a little more comfortable, even if you're sitting here on TV and talking in front of all these people, I know you. And until you're comfortable with it, I'm not going to, I can draw it to your attention, but I'm not going to force it on you. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, and people looked yeah. at him like he was weak for that. I'm like, that took a mm -hmm. lot of strength. You know, that yeah. took a lot of strength to be there, able to talk to your spouse about that type of situation, and regardless of that, what your status were. Yeah. And isn't that what we want? You know, when we're, when we talk about relationships and everything and what we desire underneath all these other things that we prefer in the real thing we want is somebody who's going to have our backs. Yeah. Regardless to, to what it is, whereas other people might have run away, left us, rejected us, right. made us feel bad, shamed us, guilted us that somebody who is going to, be committed enough and see see enough in us to want to stick around right. even through the ups and downs and sideways and whatever's 
that yeah. we want somebody because I feel like a lot of what comes up a lot with people that I talk to that are high achievers like us mm -hmm. is because we feel like we're going to be rejected if we don't achieve up to a certain amount. Right. That if I don't, if I don't accomplish or achieve or perform up to yay high, you're going to think I'm not worthy of your time and mm -hmm. you're going to leave me. You know, you're going to check out in some way. Right. And I think that's what I know for me. One of the things that makes me love my husband the most isn't just that he makes up the bed or he cooks. It's that he handles that fragile part of me. Mm. Without so fail, with, regardless to what the difference is, I am not afraid that he's going to abandon me. Right. And I have never, Trina, I have never, I'm telling you, and I'm 60 years old. That's what they say on my birth certificate. <laughs> and that's what my knees tell me too. <laughs> but I have never, even when you include my dad, mm -hmm. I've never known a man that I could trust to that degree that mm -hmm. you, you've convinced me right. Right. that you solid. Mm. That that I I I can be who I am with all my becoming complexities, mm -hmm. bad days, good days, feel like it, don't feel like it. That you got my back. That ultimately you own Team Suzette. You ain't conflicted about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wake up in the morning and ask yourself, "Am I today?" <laughs> You know, that you are on that. And, and and it's imperfect because we're both learning how to be in a good relationship mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Right. But, yeah, it was tested. Now, don't get it twisted. It was mm -hmm. tested because mm -hmm. I didn't come into the marriage. I wish I could say I came into the marriage 100% believing right. that. Right. There were some things still lingering that had right. not been Absolutely. resolved. Yeah. But one thing that I can say from us having a time where life called us on truth and dare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. You know, dared me to get honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Dared me to call a thing a thing with me. Dared me to realize I'm not right. I, mm -hmm. I'm not 100% right. Maybe, just maybe, mm -hmm. I'm part of the problem, not part of the solution. Right. <laughs> you know, that dare yeah. that life can use marriage yeah. and relationships to like, you know, slap you awake with. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had to go through that. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was not easy because I was the girl that, Oh, honey, I know how to get out. Look my way yeah. highways. Boo boo. Don't <laughs> get it twisted. I've gone through worse. I'll get over this. I was that girl. Right. But the good thing that I had to learn, which is what I was, I was alluding to earlier was, this revelation that hit me that's so related to self-love and self-care mm -hmm. is when you've only known failed relationships, the coping skills that you acquired to navigate your way through and out mm -hmm. don't serve you mm. when you're in a good relationship. Mm. But that's all I knew. Right. right. And so I'm glad that I had a husband with capacity mm -hmm. 
And like I said, and I mentioned God a lot in this because one of the things I found about being in a good relationship is everything that I might have knowingly or unknowingly done to sabotage it. Mm-hmm. He won't let me. Mm-hmm. It's like the universe intervenes in some way that it's a glue I can't get away from. Yeah. But it's a good glue. Yeah. It's not a bad glue. Does that make sense? It makes all kinds of sense. It makes all kinds of sense. And I'm going to tell you, um, deep down up under all of what you just said, it's all about, for real, self-love. It's all about knowing who you are. Um, Because with that comes, you know, that ego creep in there once in a while. Like a mug, creep in like a do. It do just like this. Yes. (laughs) Once you get to that point, once you get to that point, where you're like, and this, and, and when it comes down to the universe and to God actually being there with you, it's knowing in your heart that the best for you is available. And that no matter what, I have the faith that God is there with me and everything and anything that I go through is for my growth and my learning and that I'm still going to be at the best for me. It makes you a little less paranoid about what could happen. Yeah. Because in your heart, you already know the best is for you. Yeah. I thank God for my husband because he is that person, like you said, <laughs> he is that person who, you know, we already had the discussion before we, this right here, this right here, we're going to be some stalking in your, under your bed, folk type people. <laughs> because uh, to get where we are right now is like, you know, it's so, like you say, it's so freaking cool to have somebody who allows you that space to grow, call you on it, but still allow you that space to grow and, and able to have that conversation, you know, um, and you're going to have your back. But like I said, it's all about, even with that, when you go through, um, going through situations like that, when you're with somebody and, you know, a lot of times we get to that point where, like you said, we come into, I came from a relationship where. The reason my, my marriage ended was because of infidelity. Mm. And when you get it, it's a trust. Trust is so freaking hard to kind of grab it back up sometimes. Sometimes they just slip through your fingers. And you don't realize that you have those issues until you have those issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, knowing that and knowing that, um, okay, um, you know, this, this happened, but that doesn't mean that this is this person. And Trina, is it your experience that's talking to you or is it your intuition? Because my intuition is on point. It's but sometimes all- our experience makes us, you know, go into different directions as well. But um, uh, being able to see that, being able to talk that through, um, because <clears throat> Hubby is also, he does a lot of coaching as well. And so he's aware of our stuff. <laughs> You know, the stuff that we go through and the stuff that we recognize and don't recognize. And he tried to call me on some stuff, some stuff, you know, y'all thinking, you know, right? But anyway, <laughs> being aware of who, I, of, of who I am and who I am makes a world of difference when it comes down to being in a relationship with anybody. Because until we know who we are, we're going to always flounder back and forth between what they said, what they said it's supposed to be, how is it supposed to be, is this the way I'm supposed to do it? It's going to be a whole bunch of doubt, a whole bunch of you know, craziness that go on inside of you. But mm-hmm. once you know you, once you have and you know how to love you, you know what that feels like, you know what it feels like coming from somebody else. You know, you know what to expect. You don't have to uh, question if, you know, do they love me? Yeah. One of the sobering things that I had to learn getting married later in life was 
that with every failed, disappointing relationship, mm -hmm. I lost more and more humility. Mm. And I started feeling like men owed me something. Mm. And so one of the beauties of being in relationship in a healthy relationship is that I am getting that humility back mm. where I'm grateful. And I did not realize that that was the cost. And I think for a lot of high achieving women, they don't understand that the cost of continuing to bang your head against the same failed relationship wall over mm -hmm. and over and over mm -hmm. and over again is that you do lose humility. After a mm -hmm. while, it becomes a thing where he owes you. I don't have, I don't have time, baby. Mm -hmm. You know, you go through all these different things mm -hmm. that are really becoming more of a defense mechanism. Exactly. That makes exactly. it harder and harder for the very thing that you say you want so badly. Mm -hmm. And that's true love and true partnership. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so our experience, that, um, our experiences are a mess. <laughs> it can be a mess. Uh, before I, uh, before I met um, my husband, um, I had, like I said, got out of a 23 year marriage and I was dating, you know, like I said, I got married early. So dating was like, yay. <laughs> I can date who I want to date. But what I found in that was um, I kept attracting the same type of person. And uh, the good thing in you is you healed in your marriage. I had to heal before I can get into my <laughs> which is, you know, healing is the, is the key. So however you get it, I had to heal before I could get into mine because what I found was I was attracting people who were not people I would commit to. And I didn't realize I was doing it because I, we attract who we are and that, or, or what we think and how we feel about ourselves. And the way I felt about myself was I don't want to get into another relationship where I'm going to have to be hurt. Mm -hmm. So everybody I was attracting were people who I would not commit to. Mm. Now, and I remember when I was, and I was like, what in the world is written on my forehead? Why, am, why are all the same people the name starts sounding alike. I'm telling you, <laughs> why are the same people coming to me, right? And I honestly had to realize that they weren't just coming to me. I was drawing them to me because of how and what I expected. I expected, you know, not to be trustworthy. I trusted, I, I, you know, I, I expected you not to be somebody I wanted to, you know, get into anything with because of your, you know, and I was attracting those people simply because unconsciously, I believe that if I met somebody who I really like, I would have to get into some type of commitment and then I would have to trust. And losing trust was one of those things that was like the, the breaker for me inside of, inside of my first marriage. So it, it, we don't realize, like I said, you got your healing, in, you're, you're healing inside of your marriage. I had to get some of that healing before I could go into it because um, it wasn't until I realized, you know, what are you doing? Uh, that I decided, hey, you know what? Enough of that. Okay, you know, I understand what happened. I understand that this is one person, and, and regardless of whether it was thirty people, it doesn't dictate who this thirty-first person is. And I have to be brave, and I have to be vulnerable, and I have to open my heart, and I have to trust whoever you trust in, whether it's the universe, God, source, whoever you trust in, that my best interest is through every single thing that I've experienced. Every, and I have this saying where I say, every 
Our relationship is a, is a lesson and every breakup is a promotion. So when you go through these relationships and they don't work, you got something. You have learned something about yourself. <laughs> when you break up with these people who you think are the one, you are getting promoted for the next person because, you, because not only have you learned something, you know a little bit more about you and you're never going to got sense. We're never going to go down. We're never going to date back down. We're going to try to get better as we go. So every breakup was a promotion. <laughs> and it made it like that. Um, so much easier. I, so many people, especially women who are, you know, in their 40s, you know, dating a little bit later in life, they have this time clock that's happening or they feel like, you know, I'm not going to find that person or you know, everything is going right and they settle for somebody just because I'm afraid of what's going to happen on the other side of that. But the thing is, is when you go through stuff, especially if you're continuing to repeat a pattern, look at that pattern. There's some lesson in there that you're not getting. There's a lesson. And when you get that lesson, you lose your next relationship, you're going to see it's a growth. So everything should be looked at as a growth. And it's a good thing. <laughs> If you're in a relationship and it's not going well and you get something out of it and you're getting out of it, it's a good thing. Look at it as a good thing. Yeah. Uh, instead of feeling like you're trapped or you're not going to have time or whatever. When you go through stuff like that, it's just pushing you. It's like the world is saying, come on, girl, I'm waiting for you. Your goodness is waiting for you. Get through this. Get it. And keep moving. Keep moving. You know, so it's about, you know, just getting those lessons and keep moving. Don't give up. You know, don't give up on love because... That's one thing that, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I'm meant to have love. That's one thing we're all meant to have. We're all meant to. We're all meant to It's have. our birthright. Yes. Love, is, love is what brought us here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we are all deserving of it. And just get through those things, you know, get the lessons, you know. <laughs> That's it. I used to tell somebody, you know what? So what if I fail? At least I fail forward. Yes. Before I used to fall backward, but at least I'm falling forward and the men I'm dating are better than the ones I used to date. So I'm going in the right direction. <laughs> going in the right direction. That's why I say failure is always an option. Mm. You know, a lot of people say failure is not an option. Failure is always an option. Because oh, if you're that. falling and you're getting back up, you're moving forward. You're moving forward. So it's always an option. And when you see it as that, Things become less scary, you know, things become less, you know, desperate. You don't have mm. to settle for this dude because he has 30% of the 100% or what you want, or because he has 40% of the 80% or whatever it is. You can actually keep moving and know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and, and I just think that is like such a freeing thing to know. It <laughs> is a freeing thing. Cause I think one of the things that, that keeps a lot of people down is they feel like, well, if I don't take this, it's right. not what I really want. But if I don't take it, then there's not going to be anybody else on the other side. Exactly. You know, it's like, but if you already know there are plenty of fish in the sea. Right. Then you you don't become as desperate to hold right. on to what's not good for you. Right. You right. And, and you stop those thoughts. You know, you have to stop those thoughts because when you think. I, that's one thing I've learned that what you think is what you bring to you. So if you're thinking I'm not going to have anybody else, it's exactly what your energy is going to vibrate out. It's not going to be anybody else because that's what you're focusing on. It's just like anything else. When, we, when we're and I always use the buying a car. When you're buying a car and you want that white Mercedes or whatever, everywhere you look is a white Mercedes. All of a sudden, like where did it come from? It's because that's what you're focusing on. So if you're focusing on what if I don't get any better? 
it's not the what the somebody better part that you're focusing on. You're focusing on the worry of it. So it's what if I don't get somebody else? So that's what's going to come in front of you. You're not going to get get it because you don't believe that you're, you're, first of all, you don't believe you're going to get it. You don't believe you deserve it. And so you bring it to yourself. But when you get that true feeling that I deserve the best and everything that I'm going through is leading me on that pathway to that, it has no choice. <laughs> Your goodness is waiting for you. There is no choice. And I think what you said, that true feeling. Yes. Because yeah. a lot of people say I deserve better. Mm-hmm. But the reason they keep accepting worse is because they haven't had the true feeling. Right. They don't really believe it. They don't exactly. really something down deep that inside is telling them you don't deserve it. And they, they're believing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you have that true feeling, it's like, for me, when I got that true feeling, it took the struggle out. Oh yeah, absolutely. When yeah. I got that true feeling, and I didn't realize that there that there was a true feeling to get. Right. All, all I knew is people saying, "Girl, you deserve better." I'm like, "I know, I do." And with them, it's easy. You know, that's right. I deserve better. <laughs> then they leave. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I think I deserve better. Right. Right. You know, but what happens if I let him go? And right. and 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 then. What am I going to do? So you kind of like you deflate. But when it's that true, Mm -hmm. it doesn't deflate. It It only it only reinforces something inside of you becomes more determined with it. Yes. Yeah. And and, and I remember I remember my friends used to say, well, how do you get over, you know, these people so quickly? And it's like because they're not it. You know, I I love people. I, I love meeting new people. But. If I have, if you have, if I have thought that this is it, that you are the one for me and you turn out not to be, why would I mourn you? Why would I mourn that? You know, okay, I know you're going to find a person for you. I'm excited now because I know that I can get that feeling. If I got that feeling with you and you're not the one, can you imagine that feeling with the one? Because my feelings are my own. So when you walk away, you're not taking away those feelings. You're just not the one. I am in control of my feelings. I take my feelings with me. Therefore, I know that I have it and it's possible because I had it with you. So when the person who's right for me, I can have it with him. You didn't take mm-hmm. away those feelings. You just took away the distraction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so good. Oh, it's so healing. I'm sure for the listeners, it's so healing because for so many, when they get out of a relationship, they don't take with them the good part. They don't take with them the good that they felt. Right. Or the growth, well, I'm not growth because I, I don't know how much growth happened, but they don't take away whatever that was, that good was before it went bad. Right. And, and they the don't know how to. The only thing that changed was yeah. the way you thought about the person. Right. Your thoughts. Your mind. And That's they don't know it. how to separate the difference between you can take the good feeling. Mm-hmm. You can take the, the, the way it felt to be in love. Mm-hmm. You can take that. I was interested in how I look. You can take that with you. Absolutely. But what ends up happening, that gets, gets thrown out. And the only thing that gets taken is how he lied to me, cheated on me, mm-hmm. treated me bad, uh, defiled, you know, yep. my, you know, yep. betrayed my trust. And so that's what we take with us. And it yep. is an energy. But what, yep. if I'm hearing you correctly, 
when you have that shift and knowing you yes. deserve, then what you take with you is different from what you take with you. So, and, and when a person leaves, they can't take that with them. They can't, oh. they can't take that. That's yours. That's you know, yours. it's yours. They can't take it. If you don't it's give good. it to them, if you don't allow them to take it, that's, that's the only way they can get it. You know, people say, well, I gave him my all and I gave my all. Why? You share. <laughs> we were taught to share. You don't give all your stuff up. Don't nobody do that. No wonder you don't know who you are anymore. Right. Stop giving you up. What you do is you share. I have a, I have a, uh, I know this is crazy. I have my endless cookies analysis. Uh, and what it is, is you are an endless supply of cookies. When people come into your life, they're sharing the cookies. You don't give them up because they're endless supply. It's only when you give all of them up. But if it's an endless supply, they share. They haven't taken anything away from you because you still have you. You still have everything that's you. The only thing you've done is shared in your life. And when they leave, they're not taking a part of you. Mm. They're not taking a part of you. And you can move forward in that. You know, I, I'm not saying you don't mourn a person because you're going to miss. But the reason we miss it is because of what we thought in our head of what we're going to do. Oh, our baby's going to be so cute. Oh, what kind of house are we going to live in? And you had gotten all excited about that. But what you're going to miss is the things that you have thought in your mind of what could be. Those thoughts are still yours. We give up time somewhere else. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and better yet, you know, just live life instead of trying to plot that fantasy. Because like you said in the beginning of the show, real life is so much more exciting than this. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not boring. Because you think you need all of that, whatever you have in your head in order for you to still feel in love. But I'd rather be in love than fall in love. Yes. Because if I yes. fall... I don't have any say. Mm. I don't have any say. I, I can't set an intention. Right. I give all my cookies away. Yes. When I fall. Yes. Yes. But being in love is so much better because you get to show up. Mm. You get to be mindful, mm -hmm. giving and receiving and being present in it. And that's more empowering than falling into yeah. something. Yes, losing it. But who, who wants to lose it? And I'm not, it's not, it's not even about the control, but, but who want to lose themselves to that level? You know? They don't no, want to. They don't want to. You don't have nothing to give nobody else, not even yourself. That's true. Oh my God, Trina, what a great place to land. <laughs> What a great place to land. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my. Okay. Before we end, though, I know listeners are going to want to know how to reach you. If you got anything going on, they can come to, you know, and any final what you want their takeaway to be from our conversation. Okay, so let's see. To reach me, okay, first of all, to reach me, I'm Trina Aloma on Facebook. I am Aloma View on Instagram. And uh, what I have is, um, I actually have online dating profile artists because I truly believe in online dating, especially during this pandemic. <laughs> I met my husband, as a matter of fact, online. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> because I just believe that in the world that we live in right now, there's so much stuff when it comes down to working and community, taking care of home, that online was a lifesaver for me. And uh, I totally believe in that. So I have an online dating profile, the yeah, online dating profile audit that I'm offering for $97, where we go through your profile, we pick your pictures. 
I even help you with your initial responses, you know, uh, when you reply to people and you kind of just get everything set up for that for you. Um, I don't have any in-person events due to COVID, <laughs> but I am looking forward to my 2021 fingers crossed uh, retreat. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that, um, setting that up to, you know, to happen. But uh, as far as last minute words is what I would leave you with is know that like this is your favorite line. Know that you're enough. Understand that you are enough. And even when you think you love yourself, love yourself some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can never get enough of it. Love yourself some more. That's it. Thank you so much, Trina. She took the words right out of my mouth. You're worthy. You're worth it. You are more than enough. Bye, y'all. You have just listened to the Enough Factor Podcast with your host, Suzette Vernon. To get notified of new episodes or to dig deeper into today's topic, become a subscriber. And while you're at it, tell us how we're doing and what topics you're interested in. We appreciate your feedback and your reviews. Until next time, remember, you are worthy, you are worth it, you are enough. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.